0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton, and we come at you every other week in the offseason. But that is going to change soon when we get to training camp, because then we will start coming at you every week, as we will do all the way through the 2023 season. Big Newt, it is great to be back on the mic with you. Welcome
1: back after your travels, buddy. Man, what up, though? <laughs> I'm ex- I'm exhausted, bro. Try- I've drove many miles the last 10 days, man, all in the name of uh, youth athletics. So I'm we exhausted, were... but we had to get on the pod, man, because we got to get the people what they want, right? Yes, man. You're a driving machine like none other I've ever met. Yes, yes. The things you got to do, man. So real quickly, just to recap, man, last Sunday... We left Richmond, drove to DC. Simone had basketball practice for two hours, and then uh, we left DC and drove to St. Louis straight. Man, thirteen hours, man, and Ooh. pulled in to Mama Newt's house at one thirty in the morning. Spent four days there, and then we drove four and a half hours to Chicago, where Simone played in Nike Nationals, which didn't turn out well. Our, our head coach got sick and didn't wasn't able to come. No. So we proceeded to go 1 and 6 on the national stage. So, Ooh. so uh yesterday when you saw I don't know if you watched ESPN and you, but the uh championships of Chicago, those were things we were playing, but we didn't get the advance. So, um uh, but it was a great experience, a lot of college coaches there, good feedback. So, um and then after that, we drove to Cleveland uh Monday afternoon. Five hours to go see my brother-in-law, and his family, which is wonderful. And then uh, we drove from Cleveland back to Richmond yesterday, eight hours. So it was a eight world. hours. Eight That's hours. all it takes, huh? Yeah, from Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a little bit surprised to be honest with you. Yeah. So it was pretty good. So I'm 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 tired, you know. what I'm saying, but we got to get on here, man. Talk Bills uh, football, bro. I'm I'm excited to be back on, and I'm and I'm looking at the training camp starts in two weeks and. We're going to be talking about that and have a lot more live action material. And two weeks from now, we're going to, we're going to, for the first, no, not the first time. This is the second time we're going to have a special guest. Mm -hmm. The first time was your, uh, the kid, the 10 year old kid. Yeah. Max Freilich. And he was only eight at the time. Yeah. So that boy, Max, So we're going to have a second guest. We're not going to give it to you yet. It's going to be a surprise, but it's going to be something good. So uh check in with us in 2 weeks and see who that person is and they'll be kicking off training camp cuz training camp starts what July 26th yeah yeah so i mean it's going to be we're going to be getting geared up It's
0: coming baby. And speaking of training camp, one of the topics we're going to cover today is going to be the training camp battles and position battles that are sure to entice all of our listeners and Bill's Mafia in general because not every position on this roster, at least when it comes to starting, is cemented into place as it is with some of them, obviously. I think we know who our quarterback is. I was about days. to say,
1: you don't think Cal Allen's going to push Josh Allen for the job?
0: No, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think so. You don't I think
1: that's going to happen? No, no. I call me crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> well, You're crazy. Cal yes, Allen. Yes, I am. Cal Allen, 2023 Buffalo Bills starting quarterback. <laughs> let me let me stop, man. Somebody might take that clip and be like, "You heard what Big news said?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, you got to watch joking. what you say. I'm joking, everybody.
0: But first, we're going to start out with a little bit of news, a player that is a free agent currently that found himself back in association with the Buffalo Bills as of yesterday due to an interview with Rich Eisen. Mm. Newt, would you like to fill us in on that one?
1: You tell me, man. I've been on the road, man. What's going on?
0: Okay. Well, this is basically, I'm going to summarize here, but one of Rich Eisen's guests who is an NFL insider, said, in fact, that the Buffalo Bills are open to signing D-Hop if he's ring-chasing, but they're not going to pay him. So we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver who was let go by the Arizona Cardinals, a future Hall of Famer, for sure, and a guy who probably still has a good few good years left in him. But the Buffalo Bills don't have any real money under the salary cap. So that's kind of what they're dealing with. Now, D hop has visited with the Patriots. He has visited with the Titans Titans. and word from his camp is that he's not thrilled about the quarterback situations in either place. (laughs) It's also rumored that the bills and the chiefs are after him, but neither team has really any room available under their salary cap. Oh, D-Hop, you you can't have it both ways.
1: You know we always talk about it's cold out here in these streets, man, you know. You're married, you know, you go out with your single friend. You had a great night. You come home and tell you, well, I don't want to be married no more. Then you go out these streets a week later? you like, please take me back. Yeah, I think that's the situation. He thought it was going to be a large market for him. And he out here cold in the streets. And he he went on these visits and decided, hey, man, it ain't that fun out here. So like you just said, you're going to either have to, you want to get paid. You're 31 years old. Do you want to get another payday? and get your teeth kicked in, or do you want to, uh, you want to chase a Super Bowl and, and, and cement your legacy and, and get a ring? Which one's more important? And I think that's very interesting. Um, when you look at the list, not just De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but if you look at the list of free agents of people, you know, I always say people that's out in the wind, right? Mm-hmm. People who are – and I'm being facetious. Obviously, when I say unemployed, because they got way more money than all of us, right? But I'm being funny when I say, you know, these people are in the wind. They're unemployed. They haven't got picked up yet. It's mm-hmm. an impressive list, man. You got D-Hop. You got Dalvin Cook still out there. He's young, 27. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still out there. Marcus Peters. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, 28 well, years old.
0: Zeke is done, though. Ze- Zeke is done. He's he- He's cooked.
1: You mean he's done like he retired? Or? No, he,
0: he's done like he can't play anymore. Oh,
1: okay. You're just saying he's bad.
0: He's terrible, yeah.
1: Okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, what about Kareem Hunt?
0: Kareem Hunt, I might take a chance on him. I I may also take a chance on Leonard Fournette. And that's what
1: I was going to say next, Leonard Fournette, who I did not see in the uh, headlines that he saved somebody from a burning car. His car caught on fire or something last oh, week. Oh, his
0: car caught on fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His car caught on fire, so he was going through something. And once again, you gotta forgive me, man. I've been off the grid, so I'm just looking at headlines at that point. So, um, what about Teddy Bridgewater? Um, if you need a backup, why not? You know, so it's some uh, impressive names, and it's been like it's people out here that's done and played many snaps in this league and been productive. Um, that's still in the wind. And so, but at the top of the list, obviously, is DeAndre Hopkins. So when I heard about that or I saw the headlines, I was asking myself, ring chaser, do you think Brandon Bean actually used that? Or do you think that's just what the reporter said? No, I think that's probably what the reporter said. I'm sure
0: Brandon Bean put far more diplomatic than that.
1: I would imagine it, but I was like, how cool would it be (laughs) if Brandon B was like, yeah, you ring chases, come to Buffalo. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. I I mean that's that's gotta be the only sales point that they have is we've put together an amazing roster. If you want to go deep into the offseason, we're the team to do that with. We just can't pay you what we know you're worth. Right. And you know, he has to make a choice, and it always comes down to where is the player's value system d hop has made a lot of money maybe it takes somebody like a von miller going to him and say look dude how much do you need how much do you really need you've made like 60 million dollars over the past three years what's another 10 what does it matter right now at the same time if I'm in my job and I have two offers coming to me. And one is for $100,000 and the other is for $40,000. And the one at $40,000 says, Yeah, but we're such a good company. I'm taking the
1: $100,000, buddy. But that's different, though. And, I, and people always use that analogy of regular people. And I get it. You never want to count other people's money because regular people, we like, What's the difference between $60 million and you getting $70 million? Right. But well we're talking about not just money with him, we're talking about legacy. So True. my thing is, you're you're asking yourself, okay, like you, we both agree, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So when you put on your gold jacket, do you want them to say Super Bowl champ with that? And if you do, what is that worth to you? Are you willing to give up ten million dollars to get that ring? and you, you we would like to think okay I'm rich enough now I want to see my legacy and when I put on a gold jacket I want them to say Super Bowl champion and hopefully that's with the Buffalo Bills so that's how I look at it you know but I I'm a 49 year old man these dudes they're younger and you don't know what their value system is and you know so I, if it was me being a 50 year old I want a Super Bowl ring at this at this point
0: I think I would too. But at the same time, and we've talked about this previously, I I, I don't begrudge people for chasing the money because when it comes to the NFL, their window is short. And at 31 years old, this is going to be his last opportunity. Now, if he signs a a one-year deal and something goes haywire, he's not going to have an opportunity to get a payday next year. He's going to have to take another prove-it deal and then negotiate again when he's 33 years old. He may not want to play past 33. Mm -hmm, So if you look at it and say, oh my gosh, you know, I left $20 million on the table. That's a lot of money. It doesn't matter who you are or how much money you have. $20 million is a ton of scratch. (laughs) A ton of scratch.
1: <laughs> it is, man. You're right. No matter what anyway, money you have, it is. I I, I agree. Let's but, just
0: handicap it right here. What what is what what do you think is the percentage chance that he ends up on the Buffalo Bills?
1: 30%. 30%. Okay. Yeah. I, and that's been probably hopefully optimistic, but maybe Brandon being kid. Well, how about this? If you would have asked me, uh, maybe when this all started, right, it would have been a little higher, but as time goes on, once he started taking those trips, I'm like, and we ain't gonna get a ain't got the money, but now that he's back in the wind, I think that percentage is going back up now a little bit. It's creeping back up.
0: Okay. I, I put him at about an 8% chance of ending up in Buffalo. Okay anyway,
1: every day that goes by, though, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Every day that goes by, I feel like the money part might not be as important. Is that fair to believe? Well, like he's at, having a change of heart. At,
0: he wants to have his cake and eat it, man. So I Most think what he's going to do is wait until training camp, see who gets injured, because that's going to open up oppor- opportunities for him.
1: So, but wait a minute. All right, so see who gets hurt. So is he going to go to the highest bidder?
0: He's going to try to go to the highest bidder who also has a chance of making the playoffs. He's not going to go to a bottom feeder, but he may not be going to a Super Bowl favorite either.
1: Okay, so he's going to try to play the... Okay, gotcha. You. you feel like he's going to play in the middle? I think so. I gotcha. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So let's go to Ezekiel Elliott real quick. So you say he's done at Oh Yeah.
0: Was- I don't I don't think he can play anymore. His uh his production has dropped precipitously over the past few years. He got taken over uh by uh Pollard. Tony right. Pollard. Um Pollard should have if 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 the old Zeke were there, Tony Pollard would have had no chance of getting on the field. But he took over as the starter and the Cowboys had no desire to resign him, and nobody knows a player better than the team that just let him go.
1: So you don't think he could be a backup somewhere? You, you're saying he's going from all-pro starter to out-the-league?
0: I think he's going to be out-of-the-league, yes. Because here's the thing. A lot of players don't know who they are. They know who they used to be. Right, right. But this is a player who's a backup at best, who, based on production, you're probably looking at a league minimum deal. Will he accept that? No, the ego's way too big.
1: So uh, he's just going
0: to end up sitting out the season. He's mm, like, well, no, I'm not playing for the minimum. I'm better than that.
1: God, gotcha. I see what you're from. I'm picking up what you put now, yeah. So yeah. he's pulling the Carmelo Anthony. He's talking about, come off the bench? When, you, I don't know if you all you remember that, but Carmelo Anthony – left New York and he went to OKC, I believe, for a season or two. Mm-hmm. And then they asked him about his role and of coming off the bench. He was like, come off the bench. You know who I am? I'm Carmelo Anthony. And then after that, he was out the league for like a couple of years. And then he humbly came back with his hat in his hand and was like, well, you know, I'll work hard. I'll be a role, but I'll come off the bench. Because once again, he was out there. It was cold, you yep. know. So I definitely agree with you. A lot of it's especially at NBA a lot of superstars go from superstars to out the league if they don't have the self actualization to realize they're not what they once were. Look how quickly Allen Iverson was out the league. Yeah. He went from he went from MVP, All NBA to out the league in like three years. Mm-hmm. Like it was quick. He bounced, He left Philly, went to Detroit, went to Denver, and the next thing you know, he was out the league in like two, three years mm-hmm. because he's still thinking he's the same person. Now, if you get aged gracefully and be a role model, go from superstar to coming off the bench to like basically a player coach like Vince Carter. Vince
0: Carter is who I was Vince thinking Carter,
1: of. He stayed. He stayed in the league like twenty two years, 21, 22 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you're right. A lot of people can't can't you know age gracefully like that, especially if you was a superstar. So uh, uh, Ocho Cinco, Ocho right. Cinco. He went from all pro to out the league very quickly.
0: Yes. Well, part of that with him and probably with Iverson too, is that they were mercurial personalities. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure who wanted to deal with them off the field.
1: Right, right. It's kind of like quarterbacks, man. And Tim Tebow, and he's another one. We've talked about this on the show. I mean, he—it it is his fault. He was out the league, but no one wants, all right, when, when you realize he's not a starting level quarterback, with his following, no one needs a backup quarterback. Nobody wants to be asking questions about the backup quarterback.
0: Right. And that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't end up being a Buffalo Bill last year. Mm-hmm. as much love as there is for Josh Allen I think Fitz was smart enough to say hey look if I went back to buffalo I would be a distraction so popular mm-hmm. and I wanted him badly yep but I I think that Fitz saw the writing on the wall and was like hey you know Josh Allen's the guy he deserves the spotlight I don't want to take any of the shine away from him right Right. Even though and nobody in the right mind would ever want Fitz to play over Josh Allen, no matter how bad Josh was playing.
1: No, no, I, I don't agree with that. You know how fans are. The minute Josh Allen starts looking like Pooh, somebody, somebody sitting next to you, all right, in the stadium would have been like, man, put 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 uh, Fitz back in because oh, they we love Fitz, dude. Yeah, you're right. We love Fitz. People I don't dumb want, like that. We know someone for sure would have been doing that, that would have been Stacy. <laughs> Shout out to stacy Hanza. God, yeah. She loved Fitz, man. She would have been in her after a couple of drinks, she would have been like, Man, get Fitz back in there. I love Fitz. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> Has any former player been more romanticized than him? Because outside of. Eight games one season, eight games the following season, he wasn't very good.
1: Right. But we, we so finally, man, yeah.
0: I, I, I love You're the right. guy, but man, he's, he's not what we have built him up to be.
1: No, but oh, no, well. not at all.
0: <laughs> so we talk about the potential for there being a controversy at a specific position should Ryan Fitz have been brought back last year. Didn't Great happen, transition. but yeah. what we do have to talk about is the actual battles that will be happening at training camp this season, and there's a number of them on uh, on this Buffalo Bills roster. There is going to be some good players cut. There's going to be some good players inactive on Sundays, and when you look at the Buffalo Bills depth chart right now, you, you're almost guaranteed some changes regardless of the injury situation.
1: So, yes. and, that's new- a, that's, and that's just real quick. That's just the product of us being a good team, man. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a, a product, a byproduct of Brandon being constructing a wonderful roster. We're going to cut people who are going to be playing week one on other teams. Mm-hmm. So that's just it's like being being beautiful, just like you, man. Like, hey, it's the gift <laughs> and the curse. When you're as beautiful as you, hey, man, your wife got to worry about <laughs> other women coming up flirting with you and stuff, man. You know, <laughs> oh, it's such a
0: double edged, edged sword she lives with, isn't it?
1: it? it? It's such it sucks being you, I know it does, you know. Yeah, she go, but a big old ogre like me, it doesn't matter, man. You know, I don't, I don't have my wife don't have to deal with none of that stuff, so. <laughs> But, yeah, man, I'm I'm being funny, man. I'm just deliriously tired right now. I'm just being funny. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to cut people who are going to be playing, and it's okay. Don't freak out. But, obviously, a month from now, a month and a half from now, whenever as those things start coming down the pipes, we're going to be talking about it on the show, and we're going to be complaining a little bit. So
0: Yes, and we're going to be debating who we think is playing better, talking yep. about what we're hearing from training camp. And right now, Big Newt and I are going to take you through – what we think are going to be the best position battles coming into training camp
1: 2023.
0: So big newt, would you like to kick us off with one that's on your mind?
1: Well, we can start at the top. We were being funny about Kyle Allen and Josh Allen, but what about the backup quarterback, Matt Barkley and Kyle Allen?
0: I I think at this point that Kyle Allen with his starting experience and his potential, has a leg up on Matt Barkley, who doesn't seem like he can play anymore. You know, he was on the Bills practice squad all of last year, which means other teams could have taken him off of that. They didn't. And it was the same the season prior to that. So the Bills are comfortable in having Matt Barkley in the building. They're not comfortable giving him a roster spot.
1: I wish Matt Barkley would be our backup quarterback because I'm quite fond of him and his family, um, being on social media and IG. I follow him. I love the guy. He's a good team guy. I love him on the sideline, waving his towel. He gets like, he's a team guy. Mm-hmm. I wish he was in a situation where he could be the backup. Um, but once again, I don't really look at what people say. I look at people, what people do and their actions. And so them bringing in Kyle Allen, the writing is on the wall, like you said. He was on the practice squad, bringing in Kyle Allen to be the backup. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Looking at that list of people who's in the wind, would Teddy Bridgewater be a better option than back quarterback over Kyle Allen, or do you like Kyle Allen better?
0: I think Bridgewater probably would be a little bit better, but – Kyle Allen is there because he and Josh Allen are like besties. And gotcha. I think the front office has made it clear that they will consider Josh Allen's feelings when it comes to the roster.
1: Yep. I agree, man.
0: hmm Which, you know, I guess that sort of goes hand in hand with being a, a franchise player, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron James gets a say in who he plays with.
1: Right. Maybe it's
0: not apples to apples, but still. No,
1: no, you're right. Because I remember when LeBron James first made it to the league, he had got his high school teammates workouts with the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's, hey, it ain't what you know, is who you know. It ain't nothing wrong with that having friends in high places.
0: Absolutely. So, I'm curious about the running back situation because I'm looking at who the Bills have on the roster at least the players we expect to be on the roster, this is the deepest running back room the Bills have had since probably 1989 when they had Thurman Thomas, Kenneth Davis, and Ronnie Harmon. Mm -hmm. So here the Bills have James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, and Naheem Hines. Do you think they all make the team? And if they do, what order do they end up in?
1: That's the question, man. (sighs) Right now, they have James Cook as the starter. I don't know if that's in pencil, pen, marker. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, i I think it's a chance Damian Harris be the starting running back week one. There's a chance for sure. And then James Cook, I, I feel like James Cook is going to be. He's going to be in the, definitely in the rotation, but a starter, I wouldn't say that. I'll be, I'll put that in pencil, right. And so, Naheem Hines, I mean, he did, right now he's fourth screen, right? Mm-hmm. But can he battle for the third spot with Latavius Murray? Yes. Definitely. Yes. So, one of those guys might not be here. And I think if it's anybody, it's probably Latavius Murray.
0: Now, Naheem Hines, because of his special teams value, is yes. probably active on game days. Yes. You may have Latavius Murray on the roster, but inactive on Sundays. Damian Harris could start or Damian Harris could be inactive on game days. Like I, this position is just <laughs> up in the air. <laughs> James Cook will definitely be active on game days. The rest of them,
1: who the hell knows? Right. That's why we call it position battles, man. I could see Damian Harris starting, James Cook being second, Nahin Hines. If, if you ask me to bet right now, I would say Harris is a starter with Cook, kind of 1A1B. Hines is that, you know, third down guy, special teams guy, and then Latavius Murray would be out in the cold.
0: And by out in the cold, do you mean cut or inactive on game days? Either. Okay.
1: Either. Because when you say active on game day, now you gotta look at who like the other positions. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm just saying he's gonna be the one I man out. But who else we have active on day day is gonna dictate whether he's active on game day. Right. You know. So
0: I I think the I think the depth chart is going to hold with Cook as the starter, Harris is in number two, and then Naheem Hines will be number three because of the special team's prowess. I think Latavius Murray, because he has some guaranteed money in there, he makes the roster, but he ends up being your sort of interchangeable game day deactive
1: okay That's okay fair.
0: the slot receiver is a position that i think is going to be more of a battle than people think people are very high on Khalil Shakir coming in as your your slot receiver and mm-hmm. i think that the guy has potential I'm not as high on him as a lot of other people in Bills Mafia are. I see a guy who had 20 targets and 10 receptions last year. 10 receptions is not enough for me to say, hey, this player is going to take a huge jump. Right. But battling it out for that, you'll probably have Justin Shorter, um, Trent Sherfield, and Deontay Hardy. Justin Shorter probably won't make it. You know he's he's a rookie, but Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy are probably going to be
1: in that mix. In that mix, yeah. I think we we want secure because he's one of our draft picks. Be that guy. I think he'll get the first night. Um, man, but I I got friends, man. Once again, I'm tied into the New Orleans Saints uh, community. Deontay Hardy, man, they like him, and when he signed with us, they was like, big new, you're getting a good one. Mm-hmm. So I could see Hardy starting at the slot receiver. Now,
0: Trent you know? Sherfield, they say, has had good chemistry with Josh Allen in minicamp and whatnot, OTAs, and the Miami Dolphins fans hated losing him. Mm. Now, he's never put up much as far as statistics go, but they like the guy. He's a hell of a blocker he could make some noise in training camp too. Mm-hmm. Overall, this wide receiver unit
1: is much better than it was last year. I, and we could both agree on that. I love the options that we have. And, and, and Brandon Breen did a good job. And once again, the goal in of the offseason was what? Give get Josh Allen more weapons. And I feel mm-hmm. like he certainly did that.
0: The one thing that nobody's talking about mm-hmm. is – the undrafted free agent wide receivers what are they going to do on special teams you may have your next taiwan jones in there we'll talk more about that as we get to training camp but i think there's Ooh. a dark horse that is going to make the roster and nobody hmm. sees it coming right now
1: oh, okay all right
0: but now we have to talk about the people who are going to block for uh for those running backs and uh, block for Josh Allen long enough to allow those receivers to get open. And there's been some
1: turnover on the roster, huh? It has been, man. I mean, right now, you got Spencer Brown and uh, Deion Dawkins as your tackles, Bates and Conor McGovern, who we just brought in, as your guards, and then Mitch Morris as center, all right? That's as it stands today. As it stands today, all right? We wanted somebody, if you listen to the show, you know, on a regular, we wanted someone to come in and probably uh, supplant Spencer Brown. But word Kemp is, hey, man, you know, he's starting to look better. So maybe we'll give him the chance, right? Because, I mean, his rookie year, he showed a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. We draft Osiris Torrance. I think he's the one. And you know what? Bumpy. I think I'm going to give y'all a hot take. I think Osiris Torrance is going to be starting by the end of the year. At what position? At the guard spot. Yep. I think I think um, Ryan Bates. I don't know if Connor McDev- McGovern gets the planet, but I think he could take Ryan Bates' spot before the end of the year.
0: Okay. Now, Ryan Bates is being paid starter money. The guy's making over $4 million. Do you think that the Bills. Sort of look at that and say, hey, you know what? We don't care about the money. We care about the production.
1: I love the way you always bring in the, the cap when you're talking about people in their playing time. I love it. You
0: you do I, are I, you I, being facetious right no, now? No, I do.
1: I okay. do because I no, I'm being serious because how much money you make is I mean, that does, you know. When you talk about how much you make, that dictates a lot of times who gets to play, whether it's fair or unfair, right? So we Mm -hmm. have to take that into uh, account. What I'm saying today is I think Osiris Torrance coming out of Florida, playing in the SEC, I think it's going to be evident that he's better than Ryan Bates to where you got to play him. I feel like he's going to make us a better team. I don't know. We'll see. I mean – I hope that's the
0: case. I am praying that this is not another Cody Ford situation.
1: Right, Osiris thought, Torrance. Right.
0: People were talking about being in the late first round, but they were talking about Cody Ford is the same thing, and they they both have very similar styles to me, which is they're they're a load. They're they're strong dudes that can block straight ahead. But man, when they're pass blocking, as soon as somebody changes direction on them, that's where they begin to struggle a little bit. But Torrance did not give up any sacks as a senior. So I'm a little more hopeful there. But when when you look at the mix that they've got, Connor McGovern, David Edwards, Osiris Torrance are all new onto the roster this year. Ryan Bates is coming back. Ike Butker is returning from injury. He's a guy who they like, who has been a great depth piece and also a starter for the Buffalo Bills. They've got some good players. This may be one of those situations where the Bills are trading someone who may end up being a backup for the Bills, but a starter elsewhere.
1: I can see that. Yep.
0: But I think McGovern stays at left guard, even though he wasn't great with the Cowboys. He seems a natural at that position. He can also move over to center. Bates can play center. Butker can play center.
1: Mm-hmm. So, do you, you think, anticipate Mitch Moore's decline
0: this year? I don't think he'll decline, but it's always questionable whether he can make it through the season with the concussions. And concussions, stuff. and yep. honestly, if he gets another one, I hope he retires. I, I, I love him as a player. He seems like a cool guy. I love having him on the roster. He makes them a much better team. But for his health, like how many brain injuries can you possibly sustain and still be okay later in life? Right. Yeah.
1: And that's I, I hope it me. doesn't happen. And that's bigger you because a lot of people don't look at – we look at the players as commodities. We don't look at them as people. So yeah. for you to have empathy for that – Hopefully he's able to walk away healthy cuz you know you got to still live your life you know yeah, what I'm well saying? I like,
0: I've softened in my old age clearly I know,
1: I know. <laughs> because back in my playing days I was like I want to down this field like gladiator you know what I'm saying so right. I I get it you know but now that we're older we're a lot more sensible so
0: So you think that we're going in to the season with Connor McGovern
1: at left guard and Osiris Torrance at right guard huh No no, I think Ryan Bates is going to get right a first refusal. Okay. I just think eventually Osiris Torrance is going to supplant him. I I think that's I, I I think that's a good thought.
0: The Bills don't love starting rookies, and they make them work for it. Right. Yeah, that's right. that's probably what's going to happen. Now yeah. that you, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think about it that way, but now that you mention it, yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. What what about Dawson? You just skipped a tight end position. What about Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid?
0: Uh, Knox is the starter. Dalton Kincaid is going to be used intermittently as a receiver. He just He's not enough of a blocker to be on the field and overtake Dawson Knox. Okay. All
1: right.
0: Now, what sort of alignments they use could totally throw that out the window. What, what if the Bills don't use a tight end? And always have Kincaid split out off the line of scrimmage. That's certainly a possibility. Right. But I, I think they keep knocking. No hooks. Knox is the starter.
1: No hooks. No- hooks. <laughs> I agree. I think we're going to probably use two tight end sets, but then we'll split Kincaid out. Um, that's why when we were talking about the slot receiver, I think Dalton Kincaid from the tape and when he did in college, he could play slot receiver. Yes, I agree with that. And that's why I don't
0: think they brought in a third receiver that was considered starting caliber because they're not as worried about it. They, they feel like Kincaid is going to take enough targets that the third wideout isn't a big concern.
1: Right. I agree.
0: All right. We should switch to the other side of the ball, buddy. All right. Defensive end is looking interesting, isn't it? It is. It well, is. Let's, co- let's call it edge rusher.
1: Right. Let's call it um, edge rusher. And I think it's interesting because we don't know, like, the timetable of Von Miller. I mean, he, if you listen to him, he's ready week one, and we've said we don't want him to be ready week no. one. No. And I think that's why we brought in Leonard Floyd. If you look at the depth chart, though – Obviously, when you do depth charts, they do a 4-3 defense. So, they have – you might be a little confused if you look at it. They have Leonard Floyd at weak side linebacker. But Mm -hmm. he's essentially an edge rusher. So, um, because we run a nickel defense, you know, most of the time. Primary nickel defense. So, we have two linebackers versus three linebackers on the field. So, I'm hoping – once again not to be redundant with this but i'm hoping that leonard floyd starts week one at right defensive end and von miller's on ir not playing Mm -hmm. right we don't want to see von miller until later in the season when it's the playoffs and leonard floyd i feel like we could get by with him Mm -hmm. at defensive end obviously on the other side greg rousseau uh last couple of weeks he he's been on social media saying that he hoped to have double digit sacks, which we will hope for, um, being on the other side. So, and then Von Miller comes back and then we got to have a nice little rotation of defensive ends with those three, um, along with Shaq Lawson. And then hopefully AJ Evanessa can make a step, you know, Mm -hmm. take a step. So, um, yeah. If
0: if everybody's healthy though, when it comes to edge rusher, you've got six of them. All can make a case for making the roster. You mentioned Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau.
1: Mm-hmm. AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson. AJ Epinesa,
0: Shaq Lawson. Right. Boogie Basham.
1: Yeah. They can't all make the team, can they? And then it's probably Boogie Basham out the door. Let's trade them.
0: Okay. So,
1: so, Greg Rousseau, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Shaq Lawson, AJ Epenesa—those are the locks. If you want you to, you think Epenesa's a lock? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I don't I think, think we're going to give up on him yet.
0: Epenesa and Boogie are going to battle, battle it out. This is Epenesa's last year under contract. If they don't think they're going to resign him, would they keep Boogie instead, who has two years left on his deal?
1: Yeah, they could if they're, if they're wasn't what. That's fair. That's fair. I just think AJ Epinesa is showing more flash than Boogie Basham.
0: I think so too.
1: Where I feel like they're, they'll be more apt to trade Boogie Basham with two years left on a rookie deal than to give up on a last year AJ Epinesa. I think we want to see him more this year than see Boogie Basham. That's all. But if they get in the camp and they're wasn't what, and wet, then yeah, you're right, I think that's when that comes into play. So, so I think. think- that you're right
0: that boogie is going to have more upside in a trade because he's got two years of control and also i think that people look at him as though he's a player that has more to give that hasn't been unlocked yet right epinesa i i think we know
1: who he is mm-hmm. now could boogie bash will go to a bad team and get more reps you of know course. what i'm saying so that you're you're right. I mean, one and once, like we said at the beginning of the show, that's that's the downside of being a good team because I don't want to give up on him yet. So I want to see what he become, but unfortunately, because of the numbers, and we're trying to win right now. Because in a perfect world, we wouldn't have brought in Leonard Floyd, but we brought in Leonard Floyd because Von Miller got hurt. So I think
0: you needed Leonard Floyd things. either way. I'm sorry. I I think you needed Leonard Floyd either way because
1: even if Von Miller didn't get
0: hurt, v, yeah, because mm. Von Miller is best when he's coming off the offense's right side. That's the position Greg Rousseau plays. Mm. They needed somebody who could come off the left side of the line of scrimmage.
1: Gotcha. All right, so you're talking about scheme wise, okay? Scheme I got wise, yeah. Okay, so no, that's and fair. just
0: comfort wise, that's fair. you don't see Rousseau and Von Miller on the field together an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Late in games, late in games. You didn't last year because that's Von Miller's position of comfort and where he's most productive.
1: Right. Right. No, that's fair. I guess I'm just, you're talking about scheme wise. I guess I'm just talking about situation and roster management. Reasons. Mm-hmm. That's all,
0: you know. So other camp battles, this is a, again for a backup spot, but when you look at the defensive tackle position, the Bills have, Five guys that you could roster in Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, and Puna Ford. Puna.
1: Yeah. Puna Puna. makes the roster, man. Keep Puna just because of the name.
0: (laughs) Puna's good. (laughs)
1: Um, Do you think we're going to keep five tackles?
0: I don't. I I think they keep four tackles, and then someone like Eli Anku on the practice squad. Mm. And I think Tim Settle's the odd man out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So Puna is going to take Tim Settle's spot. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The one position that
0: I, I I think there is the least known about, the one that gives Bills fans consternation, and the starting position is totally up for grabs, is the second linebacker position that will mm-hmm. be starting next to Matt Milano. Yeah. Looking at the depth chart I have in front of me, A.J. Klein is penciled in as the starter. He may not even make the roster.
1: And then you have... Mm, I don't agree with that. Okay. Me, you you and I have been fighting about this ever since we brought him back. I would bet, I would bet that we, A.J. Klein is going to be our starting middle linebacker week one, just because of experience. And you know, Sean McDermott calling the defense, you know he's gonna want that. So yeah. everybody's saying Terrell Dawson, Terrell Bernard, and then the rookie Dorian Williams. There's, there's, no, I would be shocked if Dorian Williams is a starting middle, and we're talking about week one. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not saying if things start falling apart or not working or right, we gotta switch it up. But I'm talking about week one. Can Dorian Williams earn a middle, uh, the start middle linebacker calling the defense? I don't think it's it can happen.
0: What about Baylin Specter? No, I don't. I don't see that either. No,
1: no, not at not at the middle, not at the middle linebacker spot. No, I mean, unless it's some stuff. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, but I, if you say it right now, bet. I mean, right now, Specter is if my depth chart, he's number four. So is he gonna rise all the way to the depth chart and supplant? I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know, man. But maybe you can have. I've been wrong before, but no, I don't think it's gonna happen.
0: I think that there's going to be a strong case made for Terrell Bernard. Yeah, i i i don't I don't see Terrell Dodson starting. He just has too much of an issue in coverage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you could see that the Bills are sort of shifting the, in the type of linebackers that they're bringing in. They're bringing in guys that are a little smaller, a little more mobile. So Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams are similar players. Dorian Williams is actually far more athletic than Terrell Bernard, but Bernard has been in the system for a year. We know that the Bills like that an awful lot.
1: Right, but now Frazier's going and uh, McDermott's going to be calling the defense. Your middle linebacker spot, you want a thumper. So if you're giving up a little bit more coverage than what you want, I just don't see them going uh, once again. I don't know how McDermott's going to play it, but do you want a smaller guy out there that could cover more but then he's getting pushed around in the in the tackle box? Mhm. I don't know. I mean, but we know that AJ Klein, I mean, we might not like it but because you remember when he, when he was with us before and we argued about it like oh he sucks and then he started turning it on week four week five got play of the week and all that stuff so yeah i think the comparability and having a new defense is what familiarity i think that's what's gonna get him on the field yeah
0: he's still a liability in coverage and teams definitely target him but I think that schematically what you're going to see is the Bills play with Matt Milano on the field, and then they're going to go with a dime defense. I'm thinking maybe Taylor Rapp comes in to play underneath an in, in awful lot on, on passing situations. Oh,
1: passing so, situations, yes.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, running situations, if Klein's on the field, I am doing play action all day. I'm trying to get him matched up with a tight end or a running back, and I'm throwing at him on every down.
1: Yeah, you're cutting in and out. Am I? Yeah.
0: Okay. But So, the other position that I think is up for grabs right now is the starting cornerback opposite of Trey White. Yes. This one is going to be very interesting because I think that you have three candidates that can all make a strong claim to that position, which is a great place to be in.
1: Right. Kyrie Elam is penciled in as the right cornerback. But behind him, you got Dane Jackson and Christian Bedford, right? Mm-hmm. Christian Bedford, I know this past – What'd you do? Uh, my mic came out. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Christian Bedford probably played more than a lot of people wanted to see. He was basically a battle between hearing him and Elam. Elam obviously is a first round draft pick, so he's going to get right a first refusal, like we talk about. Always. All right. Let's hope. Hopefully, hopefully, he plays the part and he keeps it right. But if he don't, we got two other good options behind him, right? But to have a healthy depth chart, we want Elam to start. I think Elam will. I think he will. And I think he's going to play well this year. Maybe that's a lot of hope, but I think it's going to happen. Oh.
0: Okay. I think that the team likes Dane Jackson a lot more than the rest of us, and they consider him to be reliable. But when you look at the playing time and how it was trending last season before he got hurt, Christian Benford was getting more playing time. He went over 60% of he the was. snaps yeah. when both he and Elam were available on the field. Right. Benford is he's an athletic dude. He doesn't have the change of direction that Elam has, but he's, he's big. He's smart. He was definitely more ready for the Buffalo Bills defense as a rookie than Kyer Elam was. Elam, for all intents and purposes, was sort of changing schematically from a bump man-to-man uh, coverage style to more zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But at the end of the season especially in the playoffs, Elam was getting a lot of playing time and playing fairly well. He was. My gut tells me that it's going to be Benford, though.
1: Hmm. Okay. So you think Benford's going to outplay Elam? I got you.
0: I think he is. I think he's going to end up getting the starting nod.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, what do y'all see?
0: Yeah. So, and Good then take. I guess the final position that I'm curious about is the depth at safety. They got a lot of bodies in there. Yes, we do. And if you consider that Cam Lewis is a safety or at least they moved him to safety, you have five guys on the roster that can, can six guys on the roster that can conceivably make a chance or make a a play for roster time. Oh, God, let me say that again. No. Make the right. roster and get playing time. <laughs>
1: yeah. We got Poirier, Hyde as the starters, Rap, and then DeMar Hamlin. There's no way we're getting rid of I don't no, care. No, you can't. I don't care if he can't play. It doesn't matter. We're not getting rid of him. And then we brought back Dean Marlowe. Hmm. So that's five. So Cam Lewis, they got him uh, listed as a cornerback, as a fourth corner. So
0: yeah, they can use him as a slot corner. He's a small, shifty guy. But last year they had shifted him to safety. Right. I think that you're going to see Marlowe and Cam Lewis end up on the practice squad. Hmm. And if there's any injuries at all, they're going to bring Marlowe up and maybe. Deactivate Damar Hamlin. Hamlin got playing time. He wasn't impressive when he was on the field, but based on everything from last year, you have to you, you have to have Damar Hamlin on your roster, right? hmm
1: You got to. Yeah.
0: So. well, man, that about covers it.
1: those
0: are the Those are the roster battles for this year, and wow, we ended up talking about that a lot longer than I expected.
1: Man, hit us up on Twitter. Give us your thoughts, man. If you disagree, agree, high-five us or tell us we're idiots. Do it, man. Hit us up on Twitter, and uh, we can have discussions, man. We love interacting uh, with the listeners. Yes,
0: absolutely. Give them your handle, buddy.
1: At big underscore newt.
0: I am at the Jamie D'Amico before I hand it off for a song. I do want to make a mention. Everybody is aware of it at this point, but Bill's mafia lost a good one.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed.
0: A few days ago, you know, by now his name was Eddie. And I have to say my experience with Eddie is the same as a lot of other people's, which is following him on Twitter, his plight. And, Though I never met him in person, he actually made a big impact on me. Seeing his smiling face and his positive attitude and him screaming go bills when undoubtedly he was constantly struggling. As as you know, he was born with uh, a congenitive heart failure and was basically born without a a, a main artery that brings... his pulmonary artery, which brings oxygen to the lungs or brings blood to the lungs to get oxygenated. Life is cruel, man. It is. For this great kid to no longer be with us is just terrible. And I know people like to look at silver linings, but there is none in this situation. It's tragic. I feel terrible for his father, Nick. But I love that Bill's Mafia has, in fact, rallied around that a little bit.
1: Yes, indeed, man. It, it's always sad to you lose you. Lose, excuse me, to lose youth. Um, but it feels like, and I, once again, I didn't know him. I didn't know of the situation until we talked about it as a Buffalo Rubens group. And um, and it just shows, man. Hey, value life, man. Every day, and it seemed like that this young man did do that, and. uh he loved Bills mafia and 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 he rooted for the Bills until the end so rip Eddie and, and, and you're an inspiration to a lot of us man you fought hard
0: maybe uh maybe ending on this note maybe the show doesn't call for singing at the end maybe nope. we'll give you the song
1: next time we'll be back in 2 weeks y'all